Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from Western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Hello there. Welcome to the world of Pokemon. My name is Oak. People call me the Pokemon Professor. This world is inhabited by creatures called Pokemon. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others use them for fights. Myself, I study Pokemon as a profession. First, what is your name? Ash? Right. So your name is Ash. This is my grandson. He's been with your rival since you were a baby. Um, what is his name again? That's right. I remember now. His name is Gary. Gary, your very own Pokemon legend is about to unfold. A world of dreams and adventures with Pokemon awaits. Let's go. Class is in session, and today we are talking about some Gen 1 goodness with Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. As always, I am your host, Scott White, also known as the as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming to the university creator and one of the hosts of the podcast, Pass the Controller, and Pokemon Master from the Kanto region, Brendan Groom. How's it going, Brendan? It's going great. I'm, I'm very happy to be here, and I'm very glad that this is the game that we get to, to, to talk about. I'm very excited. Oh, I know. I, such such memories with this game. Um, absolutely, absolutely love it. And I think this will be a great trip down memory lane. I think so, too. To give you all an idea of what else you might have been playing the same year Pokemon Red and Blue released in the West, uh, which came out back in 1998, Pokemon Red released Red and Green released in Japan on February 27th, 1996, uh, and then Pokemon Blue released October 15th, 1996, which was kind of like a melding of the two in Japan. And then America got the their first taste of the Pokemon games on September 30th, 1998, with Pokemon Red and Blue. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Europe got it in October 5th of 1999, so they had to wait a while. And then Pokemon Yellow, the third game that tried to be more like the anime, released in Japan on September 12th, 1998, and then October 19th, 1999, and June 16th, 2000. Now, the year 1998 was a utterly stacked year of legendary titles. We had Zelda Ocarina of Time release, the original Half-Life, Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil 2, Xenogears, Banjo-Kazooie, Sonic Adventures, Baldur's Gate, Brave Fencers Musashi, Sweet Coden 2, Starcraft, Panzer Dragoon Saga, Star Ocean 2, The Second Story, just to name a few. What a stacked year 1998 was, Brendan. It, it really was. Like, looking at that list, it's, it's like, how did I even find time to play Pokemon Red as much as I did? Because some of those other games, I know for sure, at some point, I put many hours into yeah um let's see i was eight at the time so i had definitely was playing zelda um i was playing uh i i played banjo kazooie for sure the others i didn't really jump in into later because i wasn't a big reader back in the day Mm -hmm. um but no such legendary legendary games that are still thought of so fondly and highly 23 years later (laughs) yeah Um, it it, it is crazy a lot of these games are arguably some of the best games ever made yeah easily Um, like i ocarina of time i was one of my favorite games Uh, i never played the original metal gear solid a lot then but i did Mm -hmm. play it later Uh, and for someone like me i i'm not a big scary game person but i did play resident evil 2 because my older brother had it and I, I don't know. I think it scarred me as a kid, <laughs> but, but I definitely played that game probably more than I should have. Um, and yeah, Ban- Banjo-Kazooie and, and then eventually Sonic Adventure at some point, for sure. Yeah, great things. But we are here to talk about collecting monsters in Pokemon Red and Blue. So, Brennan, what was your first experience with Pokemon? When did you get hooked on Red and Blue or Yellow? Where'd you start? So I started with Red. And mm-hmm. I I tried to see if my my mom could remember because uh, I was I would have been uh, nine 
when this when this game came out uh, in in the West for us, and I know I got it for Christmas that year, but I was trying I couldn't remember if I had knew about Pokemon before then. I don't think I did. I think mm-hmm. my parents had gotten it for me for Christmas and got me a Game Boy Pocket as well, because um, I remember vividly remember opening those two things on Christmas and mm-hmm. like then I disappeared forever and was just <laughs> it was those two things. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, that's definitely what hooked me on to Pokemon. Uh, and then, you know, I think the anime may have come out before that a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it did. But I I definitely think the game was my first experience with Pokemon. And then I kind of just fell down the whole hole of, I'm going to get these cards when they come out. And I'm going to watch this anime every, every week and all that stuff. Um, but for me, like Pokemon is so special because not only did it hook me onto Pokemon, which I think you know is still, you know, one of my favorite franchises uh, to this day, um, but it also introduced me to JRPGs because prior to Pokemon Red, I never played a JRPG, at least mm-hmm. not that I can remember. Uh, nothing that left an impact on me, and it it kind of set me down a path of you know learning about and being interested in those types of games. Yeah. Um, I just looked it up. The Pokemon anime started a whole 22 days before the game came out. The anime started on September 8th and the game released on September 30th. So about three weeks between. That marketing machine going. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Uh, For me, I remember my friend had picked up Pokemon Blue early. Or not early, but like earlier than I did. And I remember borrowing his copy. I'm looking back. This was a super dick move on my part as a ten year old. But I borrowed his <laughs> game because he was having trouble beating Brock with Bulbasaur. So I was like, okay. "No, you have to restart. You have to start over and pick Squirtle because don't you know Rock is weak against water and and all that." So I like borrowed his game for a week or something and then just like beat the entire game and gave it back to him like super super dick move i don't know what why i did that um but then christmas that same year i pick i was got uh both red and blue for christmas but i started nice. in earnest i feel like i must have gotten pokemon red like christmas morning and then maybe an ant or something got me pokemon blue because my main game was pokemon red uh that's that's where i did my main playthrough uh but yeah like i remember like in elementary school i because of my parents when they worked they would drop me off at school and there was like this care program where kids could basically hang out before school actually started and our care program had this small little crt tv that could be wheeled out and i me and a couple others would wheel it out in time in the morning to watch pokemon this was such a popular thing and i i ate it all up like absolutely love these games yeah i was i was deep down the rabbit hole like it was there was no no looking back no looking back for me it was like <laughs> toys at, at mcdonald's all the time and they had yeah. those little like holographic uh like gold like I don't know if you remember these. Like they came inside a Pokeball, and they were like little gold. Uh, yeah, like metal bars, basically. Yes, yeah. I think didn't they do that? Release those for like the first Pokemon movie? I think. I think so. Yeah, I think it was in tandem with that. Yeah, because I, I had a couple of those as well, and I always thought how like I took out the little bar thing, like that had the Pokemon on it and then i just played around with the pokeball like it was a real pokeball i thought that was the cooler part i wonder if those are worth money now because i do i don't have those unfortunately anymore but i i wonder if they are Mm -hmm. i think i probably have something in my mom's house like in my old toy box or something down in her basement but yeah i haven't seen them in years and i remember getting like it was disguised as a little like game boy but it had a press like the screen was a press down button and it launched like a little red ball and you hit little Pokemon figurines with it like you were trying to catch them. And then the coolest, though, was the electronic Pokedex. I never had one of those. I am very jealous that you did. I, I have it actually sitting on my uh, my game shelf right now. Um, 
but no, I thought that was so, so cool. Such fantastic, fantastic memories growing up with, with this series and really getting to see it from the, from the start. But mm-hmm. who was kind of like your, like, what's your go-to starter? My go-to starter? And I, I feel... I, part of me feels, I guess, kind of basic saying this, but my go-to starter is Charmander in, in mm-hmm. Red. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's because I had Pokemon Red. So it was just like, you know, I got Charizard on the cover. I'm going to stick with this. Or if that's who, like, what what spoke to me was, like, just mm-hmm. this little fire fire lizard man. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think if I was going to, like, start Red up right now, I might pick Bulbasaur. But mm-hmm. back then it was like Charmander all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, I was I'm a Squirtle Squad stan. Um and I think part of that was from watching the show with Squirtle rocking his sunglasses and his little yeah. his little gang, but I Squirtle is probably my favorite Pokemon of all time just because of that nostalgia factor. I can get down with that. Squirtle's but, great too. I think I yeah. think most of the Pokemon in Gen One are like some of the best designed yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, I I agree. They're so creative, and they had so many ideas. They didn't start tipping into the the questionable design ideas like later gens, like the garbage pan or the garbage bag or the ice cream cone or the mm-hmm. or the the keys. Um, <laughs> not to say if you love those Pokemon, fantastic, but um, but yeah. So when you went to school, was like at recess and whatnot because it sounds like we're roughly pretty much the same age mm-hmm. what was pokemon like the pokemon craze like at your school so this is, this is a great question so like there was a point in time where everyone or at least most of the people were either playing the game the mm-hmm. cards or both and like everyone seemed to have some sort of like pokemon input and then there was a point in time where my school banned Pokemon. Like, you couldn't Mine bring too. your game. You couldn't bring cards. Like, you couldn't really do any of that. And I, like, abided by the rules. But there were other kids who didn't. And I would always, like, be so jealous of, like, seeing them, like, trading cards and, and mm-hmm. at recess and stuff or at lunch. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, it 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 monopolized whatever, whatever the grades would have been. Like, probably those two years of school so like i don't know mm-hmm. what whatever grade it was um those two years of school probably were like heavily heavily everyone was playing pokemon everyone was talking about pokemon like even the girls this was not just like all the boys oh, at yeah. recess this was like everybody was playing with pokemon um talking about pokemon it was it was good it was a, it was a good time to be a nerd yeah it was uh our class i think i don't know if the Game Boy games were banned, but I definitely remember like the cards being banned after a time for the just people trading and that's all of them talking about during class. But mm-hmm. my main schoolyard memory of po- in regards to Pokemon is someone swiped my Pokemon Red from my backpack. Oh no! And I eventually got it back, but all my 150 Pokemon were gone. That is that is heartbreaking. It was it was rough. I'm glad I got my copy back, but it was very rough. I have my suspicions, but uh, but yeah. So that's like my main memory, and it was probably maybe a week or so. I want to say between when it had been taken and when I got it back. It, it, like when I got it back, it was just slipped into my uh, like my coat or my coat pocket or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was that was a bad time. That was a yeah, sad time I can't for me. Imagine. But thinking thinking back to this era and being young and just experiencing both on TV and being excited for that and the cards coming out and the Game Boy games, it was just it it was this really special time, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing is like you know I feel like it's. I feel like for for people like us who kind of grew up with Pokemon in that way, it's hard, I think, for us to remove the nostalgia aspect Mm -hmm. when whenever like talking about Pokemon, because like it will always mean something to me. Um, Because like I I remember when Sword and Shield came out, 
you know, I didn't I didn't necessarily love Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate Sword and Shield. Um, like I still got you know good enjoyment out of it. But I've had discussions and conversations with people who like Pokemon Sword and Shield was their first Pokemon game, and they weren't. They were like, this is you know boring. Story's not great. Whatever it, their their gripes were with it. Um, and the conversation kept always coming back of like, well, you just like Pokemon because you grew up on it. And it's like, well, I do, but like also <laughs> like. I'm not saying like I blanket just you know I'm gonna turn a blind eye to mm-hmm. whatever a Pokemon game doesn't say it's good, um, but I think it's hard sometimes to uh, maybe be as critical simply just because yeah I don't know I mean I, like I said at the beginning it, without Pokemon Red I'm sure I would have discovered and played a JRPG at some point would they have felt the same would I feel the same way about them because I love RPGs now yeah who's to say yeah I think we forgive a lot of things and kind of a lot of flaws just because like you mentioned because of that nostalgia whereas mm-hmm. we might be less forgiving or more critical of it um if we didn't have that yeah but either way i wouldn't have it any other and way and then there's always i, would, the I wouldn't choose a life not growing up a pokemon yeah exactly and there's always that kind of discussions like Gen 1ers, like, that kind of elitism that sometimes some people have. It's like, well, I've been around since the first generation, which I think is ludicrous. Yeah, Um, exactly. But no, it's it's special. It will always be special. And as we're getting older, and it's been fun to see friends of mine who are starting to have kids introducing their their kids to Pokemon. Like, Mm -hmm. whether it's little plushies or the giant plushies... uh, it's cool to see the the future generations enjoying it just as well and having their first Pokemon adventure experience, whether it's with Sword and Shield or Let's Go Pikachu or Eevee or um, the upcoming games. Same. I, I, I have some friends that also have uh, children that are... Yeah. I, um, I will say when they did that Pokemon 25th uh, Direct or whatever... And they started off with that like progression that, of Pokemon. I, I teared up. Yeah, I lost it. That was such. That was such a. There was too too much of my life felt like mm-hmm. a, a time capsule there for me. It was it was so good. Uh, I also love that like the group they did that had that that did the song with it was Bump of Chicken, who did the intro to Tales of the Abyss, which I'm a big fan of. But um, no, it was like. This is this is the experience. Like this is the experience. Mm-hmm. So, so with your per Pokemon journey, what are some of the standout uh, creatures? Like the standout Pokemon that you were in your party. Like what ones? When you think of your party, like your Gen One party, like what Pokemon really stand out to you, or you have the most attachment to? Um. So Charizard, obviously, like Charizard was always there. Um. I usually had uh one or two rotating pokemon that were like Mm -hmm. my utility pokemon that kind of i just taught like hms to and then kind of use often so uh i don't i know some people love lapras but lapras was like my surf pokemon Mm -hmm. like lapras is there for that i think lapras could also learn strength so lapras was always there for those two maybe because i didn't want to waste hm spots on you know any of my other other pokemon um but starmie is one of my favorite Pokemon from nice. especially from Gen One. Starmie was like always in my party, um, and I guess um, I liked I liked Scyther a lot. I used Scyther often, but those were probably my. He had probably three. one of the coolest designs of the the original one fifty. Oh yeah, so cool, so cool. But those would probably be, my, I guess my my top three that I would mm-hmm. I remember always having my party. Um, Charizard, Starmie, and, and Scyther. But uh, Starmie for sure was like, I think I probably ended up using Starmie the most. Yeah, for me, it was Blastoise, Pidgeot, Pidgeot, Pidgeot. Mm-hmm. I love the Pidgey line. I thought that like Pidgeotto and everything looks so cool. Um, Pikachu because I was hooked on the anime. Um, Hitmonchan I used a lot. I thought he was really cool. What I liked about him is you had all the different like ice punch fire punch thunder punch and then mega punch so you oh, yeah. could like cover a lot of the different elements mm-hmm. um dug trio because dig is broken <laughs> uh and yeah and like 
Alakazam, like Kadabra and Alakazam. Oh yeah, those are great designs too. Like yeah. Alakazam is so good. Yeah. Very, very good. Um I did use Gyarados a lot too. I was a I was a fan of Gyarados' design. Yeah. That was a he was a really cool one as well and uh with all the trying to get Magikarp to level up and having him switching him out at the front. But yeah, you then you have the legendary birds. Like I loved Articuno. Articuno was my favorite of the three legendary birds. Yeah, I think I think of the three birds, I probably like Zapdos design the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zapdos is probably who, who I would have in my party, I guess, late game. Um, I also I, I'm a big Eevee fan. Like I love Eeveelutions across like all the generations. Uh, like mm-hmm. Sylveon is probably one of my favorite Pokemon. Yeah, um, but. For Gen One evolutions, I probably, I probably might like Jolteon's design the best. Yeah, I went with Jolteon with my my Eevee from Bill. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, what were some of the gym? Like, what were your probably like favorite town or gym battles? Mm-hmm. Any of those stick out to you? Uh, I definitely like the the music for Cerulean City is some of my favorite music i think in pokemon one uh in celadon city too i like i liked uh probably my favorite gym might be celadon just because i liked erica in the anime and i also liked Mm -hmm. uh like i just liked the the pokemon that she used um and obviously charizard ran through that (laughs) so so that you know made it easy you know as a as a young 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 little guy sabrina i like sabrina too like i like saffron city's gym as well those are probably my Mm -hmm. two of my favorite i don't know if you have any favorites uh i really like giovanni because that whole reveal like him being the leader of team rocket and everything yes um i thought that was really cool um and just like his his dudes were crazy strong with his nido king and whatnot um I remember, like, probably I, Sabrina's gym. I remember just because of all the warp tiles. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, or Surge's random switches and trash cans. I, I think the most memorable for me was just the culmination of with with Giovanni's gym. Yeah, that um, that is a good reveal, and it's great too because like you pass. You pass through that early in the game, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like a, it's like a, hey, here's this end game thing that we, we're not gonna really let you know more about it. We're just gonna yeah, tease this like, in front of you. The first time you go through Viridian, it was why is the gym locked? That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go on to find out he's in the rocket headquarters and, and everything. But uh, I remember how te- i remember becoming really tense and anxious going through victory cave because you i remember I, it was those times where in the original gen i don't know if it was the same for you but i didn't really le- equally level up my party like i had pretty much my blast toys and maybe one or two others that were like my powerhouses but i had like one main powerhouses uh with my starter and the others were probably 10 maybe 15 levels behind and going into victory road where you're dealing with pretty beastly random encounters trying to get to the pokemon league it was i remember being very tense and during that moment of the game yeah i I was kind of in the same boat too where i i don't remember i don't think my initial like first time going through there and getting to the elite four and stuff, I was probably also very unbalanced mm-hmm. with how my party was leveled. Where where uh, Charizard and Starmie were probably my powerhouses, and they were probably like somewhere in, in the seventies, and like everyone else was like probably in the fifties mm-hmm. or a little bit, you know, around that point. Um, and it wasn't until like after I had gotten to the elite four, I'd be like, all right, I gotta start my battle with this Pokemon in the front and then keep switching it out to like, you know, get some XP mm-hmm. and, and, and move it around like that. And then, you know, try to level up quickly through the elite four. Um, but yeah, going into it, it was like, no Charizard and Starmie are carrying my team. And if we can't do this, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> um, so what's, 
what's Pokemon to you? Like, when you think Pokemon, is it the capturing aspect? Is it the uh, becoming, like, the master of the Pokemon League? The battling? Is it the strategy? Like, what does Pokemon mean to you? Um, I think... I think growing up, it was everything. Mm-hmm. Um, probably always more the most focus being on the capturing and collecting element mm-hmm. because I think I think just filling up the Pokédex was what gave me the the most joy. Like I've you know battled my friends and stuff like that. And it was fun to have those interact and not, but I think ultimately it was like when I when I got one fifty on that Pokédex, that's when I was like, all right, cool, I'm I'm a Pokemon master now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think as I got older, there were points and times in uh, in later games where I cared about trying to get into like the deeper training and battling mechanics to try to like play against people. And I never I I never got good enough or had the amount of time I think to like sink into like I need to get perfect IVs and you know keep hatching eggs to do this and all the all these things um, where I never really fully got into it. But I feel like I've always been into the collecting aspect of it Mm -hmm. so i think for me like just just the the joy of finding and collecting all the pokemon is is like the the thing for me when it comes to pokemon yeah i think i for me especially in the beginning like the gen one it was trying to collect everything Mm -hmm. the idea of trading with friends and finding all the rare pokemon plus going off of the anime whose catchphrase was gotta catch them all exactly um just being drilled into your mind every day with and then the poker app um trying to find all of them was uh was probably my main focus and yeah i didn't breed or try and hatch i don't even know if I think Eevees and like Ivies really started in Gen Two. Yeah, I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but yeah, I, I don't think Red had had that that like I don't think Gen One had that type mm-hmm. of stuff in it. And like in Gen One, special attack and attack were the same stats, so that threw all sorts of balance out of whack, especially with psychic types. Uh, but I remember this; it was still rather early, and my a local mall near me had like a pokemon tournament that went on because and they got a um early copy or like a beta build or something of pokemon stadium early and it was and you could go to the mall and compete to try and win actual like little metal badges oh wow in like a tournament setting and you and someone else got to play on like this early version of Pokemon Stadium. And I remember it was like a double-sized N64 car. It was really tall, I remember. But I I lost in the first round, but it was still very fun. And I annoyed my parents to take me. <laughs> so they were very mad at me yeah. for, for hassling them to take me. But I remember that vividly. And another thing that I remember vividly... Well, a couple things... Missing no. Were you, did you catch and exploit missing no? Oh, of course. I needed to have as many <laughs> rare candies as possible. Oh, yeah. Ne- needed needed it. Um, and I'm pretty sure I probably did it for the Master Ball, too, because why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I exploited that. I don't know if I ever did any of the glitches to get Mew, but I definitely did get a Mew in my game somehow, so I don't know if somebody else did it and traded it to me. Mm-hmm. But I definitely cannot remember if I actually did any of the glitches to catch Mew. I think I did a game genie code to get Mew. Oh, okay. But I remember years later seeing the the glitch, more glitches, like in-game glitches, where you like f- activate a menu the same time as you talk to somebody or encounter an mm-hmm. encounter, and then you fly to somewhere, and then you can catch them, depending on some hidden value yeah yeah i never personally did any of those things um but i do i do vividly remember like was the missing no glitch you had to like fly to cinnabar island and like swim up and down a specific path or something yeah you had to i think it was like you went to the safari zone and then you flew from the safari zone to cinnabar and then you swam up along the eastern coast of cinnabar up and down and you would encounter missing no and like 
is either like the first or the sixth item in your inventory would then be duplicated 99 times something along those lines i i remember doing that often Mm -hmm. just to make sure i was i was stacked up yep i did for i did it for rare candies and uh master balls as well i i remember but this i i want to say this was like my second playthrough i did after i got pokemon red back and it was empty or it was with pokemon blue because that was my my second copy Mm -hmm. um but yeah and with mewtwo like the post-game super boss collectible um did you use your master ball on it? Uh, I did. See, you're smart, because I use my master ball on the Snorlax blocking my path. <laughs> I I want to say that somebody else had given me the information of, like, don't use your master ball yet. Mm-hmm. I think. Because I, I don't remember... I'm pretty sure I saved it from YouTube. I don't think I used it on one of the legendary birds or maybe i did mm-hmm. or maybe at that point i had already found out about the missing number uh missing no glitch um yeah but yeah e- either way i definitely used a master ball to catch mewtwo yeah i managed to catch mewtwo with an ultra ball and oh, i wow. was very proud of myself that, that's that's bragging right my time. first time i wonder if it's possible to catch i've never tried but maybe it is maybe it just takes a long time if it's possible to catch the legendaries with a pokeball you can that's if if someone took the time to do that and it i'm assuming it is difficult then that's like that's some bragging rights right there i still think the ultra ball is bragging rights but yeah what i like what looking back on it and thinking back on things this game had some colorful like side characters like i you don't necessarily think of them but like bill mm-hmm. even kind of the eccentricities of professor oak um, giving you evaluating your Pokedex with his little catchphrases and kind of remarks. Um, your your rival, I think your rival fights were always good and challenging. I thought those offered always offered a very good test of where you were at. Yeah, I think it was a, a good measuring stick. I also like I just love a lot of the dialogue in the game. Like mm-hmm. some of it is silly, but like it's the right kind of silly where it's just like. Yeah. I don't know. I'm wearing shorts, and then you battle a person. Like, silly things like that. I, I don't know why. Like, they just work for me. Yeah. And the 99th percentile or something Radita trainer. <laughs> yes. That's a classic one and two. I, I want to play now. I know. Like. <laughs> I, I, I still have my copy red, and I have... Oh, I do too? I have my uh, Game Boy Pocket, actually. I will say I, I'm very sad because... Uh, at some point recently, I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let me just check to see if this battery still works and if my my Pokédex is still alive and running, and mm-hmm. it is not, and I'm very sad. Yeah, because for a long, like up until recently, it was like the battery was still kicking and it was still had my original save on there with my full Pokédex, my old party. Mm-hmm. It's just a an era has been been erased. Yeah. I think the newer games, I think it was probably maybe at least DS, maybe it started, but I think it's like flash memory so that won't actually ever die. I'm not sure. Oh, that's awesome. That's good to know. I think so. I don't know. But yeah, I haven't tried to, tried my game in a number of years, but I imagine the batteries died as well, but it's sad, but it's cool that they've kind of made it now at least i don't think you can actually get your create your pokemon from the original original games i think you'd have to rely on the digital versions that are on the eShop. but how you there there is a convoluted as it is way to get your red and blue creatures into the most recent mm-hmm. games i think that's yeah I, or the more recent games i always enjoyed that when they started introducing like the pokemon bank and stuff like that ways to kind of bring your older monsters forward i Mm-hmm. I, I think for a lot of us that that is you know part of the magic of Pokemon is you get attached to these little silly monsters. Yeah, uh, it really is. And now I'm curious, kind of touching on that point, have you ever done like a Nuzlocke run? 
so I've never done a Nuzlocke run, but like I've I've recently like seen some people that I I follow like on Twitter or whatever like mm-hmm. are st- are streaming themselves playing Pokemon games doing Nuzlocke runs, and I'm like I think I would enjoy doing this like now. I probably would have hated yeah. it as a young person, um, but I think now I would enjoy the challenge and enjoy the like the Fire Emblem aspect of oh no if I make the wrong decision and this person is dead guess what they are dead. Yeah, a few years ago, probably honestly at this point, it's probably more like four or five years ago. I did a Nuzlocke of Alpha Ruby or Omega Saf, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Which one of those two? I did a Nuzlocke run and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, is Nuzlocke is just if the Pokemon dies, you have to get rid of them, right? Or are there other rules? There are other the the main rules. There are like three main rules. You can only capture the first random pokemon you encounter in each new zone oh okay so when you enter a new zone the first random encounter is the only pokemon you're eligible to catch when you catch a new pokemon you have to name them and if they faint they die okay so you have to release them my the main thing i do with that i have like two side stipulations i do just to keep it within the spirit but uh, adjust it somewhat if i ever encounter a shiny i capture them regardless makes sense and if they faint i don't release them i put them in a dead box basically yeah so makes- any pokemon i have i just put them in the box so that way after i'm done with the nuzlocke i can always still take him back out and trade them or or whatnot especially with like legendaries and things so mm-hmm. those are but those are the main stipulations of what makes a nuzlocke a nuzlocke run i, I i'm I'm now just us talking about it. I'm very curious. Mm-hmm. I don't like I've never looked into like the history of like who started this type of side play of Pokemon and, and whatnot. Like I, I don't know really much about the history of that at all. Uh it started with this guy I think his streamer name or YouTube name was like Nugly for something. And he just randomly had this idea of one day to do a playthrough of Pokemon with these stipulations. And I think that's kind of how it began um, with just this guy wanting to play through Pokemon in a, in a different and unique way. It, it is great. It, it is a very, uh, very different and, and kind of, you know, obviously a more challenging way to play Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Damn, maybe I, I might, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do a Nuzlocke run of a Pokemon game this year. I think, I think that I've just decided, I don't know which game yet, but I'm going to do it. That would be great. I would definitely watch that. Another fun kind of take on that is it's like Nuzlocke, but you have to wonder trade all your Pokemon. (laughs) So every time you catch something, you have to wonder trade it right away? Yeah, you wonder trade it away, and whatever you get is your new Pokemon. Interesting. I don't know how often you've played around with wonder trade, but I seem to have good luck with wonder trade. Like, I'll throw garbage Mm -hmm. into wonder trade and get, like like charmanders and stuff i'm like what is happening yeah i'm assuming I, uh, i'm just getting like people are must be hatching eggs trying to get good ivs and then just wonder trading away those pokemon or something yeah something but that's another fun one i also i'm a huge fan of video game randomizers especially rpg randomizers and pokemon randomizers are a lot of fun just because of the wackiness that you can encounter and get into but then there's randomizer nuzlocks as well um but no, Nuzlocks are a lot of fun, and I highly recommend, especially long-time Pokemon players that have played through a lot of Pokemon games and might be looking for just a way to spruce up the experience or um, try something new, check out a Nuzlocke. It kind of tests you in ways that a traditional, just casual playthrough won't. Um, and it will you, you will develop kind of a closer bond and... Uh, fondness for for your team for sure i think i mean i would imagine too it it, because i mean i feel like with pokemon games there are points where it's Mm -hmm. not super challenging and you could just kind of muscle your way through without playing the types and like playing weaknesses and 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 strengths and whatnot and i feel like if you were to play a nuzlocke run that would force you to in most scenarios i would imagine have to like really consider what you're battling and who you're battling with Oh yeah, because there's that that permanence aspect. It's like okay, mm-hmm. if I if I die or if my 
dude dies, I can't use him anymore. Um, and I think, I don't know if this is official or if I just read it somewhere, but, like, if you lose all your characters, you have to, like, erase and, like, start a new game. Like, you have to erase your game. I think. That's... Which could be... That might just be a per-person per kind of decision, yeah. but... I mean, that, um, that, that does add that level of permanence, though, that, like... I think some people would really, really dig that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. I, it's one of those games where, especially if you have both versions of a generation, um, have your kind of main casual playthrough, and then maybe with your second one, do Nuzlocke or try. Um, but yes, I, I very much look forward to watching your Nuzlocke. And, I'm gonna have uh, to do it now. I'm, now I'm excited. That that's like. Because I'm, I'm look, I'm very much looking forward to mm-hmm. Diamond and Pearl remake later this year. So maybe I'll, yeah. in anticipation of that, do something with one of the games. Well, if you want, I will do a Nuzlocke with you, and we can like just keep in touch and like how the uh, how our Nuzlocks are going. I'd be down with that. Okay, all right. If little, you are little, little little Nuzlocke pen pals. Yeah, Nuzlocke pals. But yeah, so I'm curious as. We keep getting every couple of years a brand new generation of Pokemon or kind of spinoffs. What would be your dream Pokemon game? Hmm. If Nintendo gave and the Pokemon company gave you a unlimited budget and time to develop, what would be your dream Pokemon game? Hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I, this could be, I think, two things for me. One would be like the absolute not going to happen, but a full on like Nintendo Pokemon crossover RPG where like all of the all of the like non Pokemon in the game are Nintendo characters that are training their own Pokemon and like like that's oh. those are the people that are you know the gym leaders and NPCs and you know champions mm-hmm. and all this stuff I think that could get really interesting and crazy or just at the bare minimum be super fan servicey and I would eat it up mm-hmm. um I guess the other like uh dream pokemon game would be um i think it's something most people kind of want and it's what i think some people are hoping uh maybe myself included what arceus is where it's just a little bit more of an open world mm-hmm. walking around pokemon interacting catching them type of situation i think that would be like i don't i don't necessarily need f- some full-on mmo type thing but i think just yeah. a little bit more of an open world pokemon with the pokemon in the environment i think that would be like the main thing that would really get me going and if they i mean i don't i don't think i ever typically play pokemon games for the story but if they Mm -hmm. made a really good story i think they could uh i think they could make a really good story in that world yeah with some deeper tones and you know maybe maybe touch on certain things and you know they have a lot of stuff there i mean Pokemon in in itself is a very interesting concept where you have some people that are, you know, utilizing Pokemon as just like pets and pals and friends and some that are training them to fight and some that are, you know, some people that just study Pokemon. And there's like the Mm -hmm. Team Rockets of the world that are, you know, doing bad things with Pokemon. And I think there's just a lot of things that you could really dive into without, you know, being too nail on the head and just like, you know talk about certain things without maybe actually talking about them i think there's a lot of cool things they could do Mm -hmm. for me i and i've had this thought for years so it would be it would expand on the the shared regions or the dual regions of pokemon gold and silver of gen 2 being able to go back yes and uh visit kanto and do stuff there i would like a game that doesn't add any new pokemon don't do any of that but basically at the start of the game you pick what region you're from from all the regions in the game and then you start there with those game starters and you go through those eight badges with that pokemon league and after you become the champion in that one region you can decide it's like okay i'm going to try and win the league in a different region and then you would like travel or something into the other region and then you could either bring your pokemon over from you like your champion team and try and work that way through but by doing so the levels and kind of the selection of pokemon from in that region's gyms increase kind of like what they did in the pokemon origins anime where 
like red shows brock how many badges he has so he picks certain pokemon to deal with like a difficulty setting Mm -hmm. and you just kind of go through each region to see if you can become the pokemon master in all the different regions i love that completely make just a pokemon world um when you go to a new region pull an ash and be like okay i'm gonna kind of deposit my pokemon and leave them there in the other region and i'm gonna start fresh and maybe you get a new starter kind of thing or or some sort of experience where you can start fresh but your main goal is just to become the master pokemon master of all the different regions that's my Uh, my best case pokemon game i love that so much and like that that's even a scenario where like that could be the off year poke like off gen game it's like Mm -hmm. give us gen you know nine or whatever and then you know in between that give us you know pokemon master quest or whatever you want to call it like pokemon pokemon league legends or something like that where it's just uh what you said you kind of pick your starting region and then maybe Mm -hmm. the first game is like kanto johto you know whatever like maybe four regions and then you complete that and then the sequel is like the next four regions or something Mm -hmm. that would be a really really good game i would eat that up I just I loved that idea of being able to go back to a previous region and experience things like I mean that was such a big part of it, Pokemon the Gen 2. It was almost as big of a deal to me anyway as like the upside down castle is for a lot of Symphony Castlevania Symphony of the Night players. It's like holy moly. And yeah. it's the feature I probably miss and wish would be intro- reintroduced to the Pokemon series. Uh, of games um but yeah that would be my dream game just to travel the pokemon world in essence and try and uh win them all yeah i i agree i think that's a great idea we are not the only ones though that have such amazing memories of pokemon Gen 1, Pokemon Red and Blue. So we are going around the web. First up, we have user WebWizard1990 from Reddit. They say, My granddad bought me Blue for Christmas, and I had no idea what the game was. Never heard of it, and was right around the start of the craze. I was also late in development because I had trouble hearing until about 3 or 4 and couldn't read anything properly. And to be honest, I struggled to catch up because I didn't enjoy reading as a child. My brother, who I was convinced hated me at this point, sat down with me after Christmas dinner and read what was being output on the screen, and together we picked Squirtle. To this day, my parents convinced me I learned to read because of Pokemon. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I I actually love that story. That's kind of amazing. As someone who's also struggled learning to read and stuff growing up, um, Pokemon sounds like a much better avenue to learn to read than the boxcar children series of books but that's just me uh but you know that was a very nice story so you want to take the next one sure uh so user mcgilly from reddit says oh man i was five years old when i got pokemon red it was just an experience everyone at school was talking pokemon it was amazing my best memory was probably simply opening the box i remember where i was sitting in my bedroom at the time my mother got me a Game Boy Color and put the box in the refrigerator. She had then asked me to get her some milk from the fridge. I opened the door, saw the Game Boy in there, and immediately lost my mind. Then her and my dad handed me the Pokemon Red Box. I don't think I've ever been that excited in my life ever since. I ran upstairs, put the game in, and played all day. I picked Squirtle as my starter and just did random battles and caught wild Pokemon for hours. I remember going through Viridian Forest and how intimidating it was for me. I got to Pewter City Gym and didn't understand types advantages, lost to the gym city talking to the NPCs. It felt so real at the time. I can still hear the music in my head. I eventually beat Brock that week and realized I should have been using water gun instead of tackle. Uh, at school, <laughs> we all shared stories of Pokemon we found in the wild. It was nice because there wasn't much talk about optimization, just which Pokemon we thought were cool. The legendaries were an exception though, everyone wanted them. Finding out about Mewtwo was so exhilarating, I don't think I could explain the feeling to anyone who wasn't there at the time. Everyone helped each other, but also made up a bunch of bullshit, like finding Mew in Vermilion City, or finding a guy that gives a hundred rare candies. Funnily enough, I don't think anyone in my class knew about the missing node dupe glitch. I'm pretty sure I found that out years later online. 
Thanks for the nostalgia trip. I love Gen 1 Pokemon, and I don't mean to be annoying Gen 1-er and crap on people who like it, who for liking other gens, but I will always love Gen 1 and 2 the best and still play them to this day over the remakes. I, I don't know if this was a common thing for you too, but uh, there were always a lot of like playground rumors about Oh yeah. Every video game, but especially Pokemon, there was always the for me, and I think this is a popular one online too, uh like you could use strength on the car near Bill's house the truck, and go yeah. underneath it, yeah, and catch Mew and whatever all these things and like I can't even tell you how many times I like tried to figure out how to move that car or do other mm-hmm. things like that over there just to find Mew. It was it was bad. I remember the peekaboo rumor where you could oh, get yeah. like the secret peekaboo Meryl uh, mm-hmm. by also moving the car uh, by the SS Anne or all those crazy different rumors. Yeah, it was part of the fun back then. Yeah, you know, and it goes with a lot of games like sharing stories on how to beat bosses or these cool tricks that you know your uncle from Nintendo told you about. Exactly. <laughs> good, good times. User Poopa Whoopagus uh, from Reddit, they say, I played Gen 1 back before I started raising whole teams, so I always imagined Blue blue version as my guy going on a big joyride on the back of a massive overleveled Blastoise. Those were simpler times. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they were. I wish I could detach myself from, okay, let's make a balanced party, or, or let's do... Let's level grind and make everyone the same level, or... Mm-hmm. Just experience share makes everyone level up. Um, I wish I could just detach, and I think that's part of why I enjoy Nuzlocke playthroughs. It's like because it kind of makes you, it kind of detaches you a little bit. Yeah, for um, sure. From that optimized situation, but good, good times for sure. Take the next one. Sure. User agitated occasion fifty two from Reddit says. Trying to catch Pikachu in the Viridian Forest, I remember s- spending what felt like hours to finally make the encounter. I remember the battle so well. I fought its HP down to about half and thought that I should knock it down a bit more and used Quick Attack and got a nice crit and killed it. I never looked for another. Oh no, that's so sad. <laughs> oh, but I know that feeling. Yeah. I know that feeling. It, it wasn't, I felt like it wasn't until much later that I discovered what False Swipe did. Mm-hmm. Like much much later in my Pokemon career. Yep. Well, uh, I don't. Was False Swipe even in Gen One? Um, I. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. There must be. I would imagine there must be some move in Gen One that you can use, unless it was just like be careful, put put them to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Next up, we have user Bud Licker from Reddit. They say, Early on in the game, you have an optional battle with your rival, if you turn left before the first city, if I recall correctly. I just caught a spear on the field right next to it, and most of my Pokemon were pretty banged up. Then I ran into this fight, being severely outmatched. Then, this goddamn freshly caught Spearow totally saved my ass while every other Pokemon died. It was my highest level Pokemon and constantly part of my team since that moment. To this day... Firo is my favorite Pokemon. Of course, now I know it's because of the old AI was pretty crappy and the enemy just failed to attack me properly. For the most part, but at the, but as a kid, that was really cool. Yeah, the AI in this game is pretty wonky. In the yeah. in the original gen, it's pretty wonky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good times. Spiro, I was always more of a Pidgey fan, like I mentioned, but Spiro had like drill packing some pretty beastly moves. Yeah. I think I would also probably align myself on the on the Pidgey side of mm-hmm. side of the birds in the beginning. I'm trying to think if there's ever been another set of birds like that that I've liked. Because I, I always feel like in every game, and maybe it is in every game. I, I can't I couldn't tell you off the top of my head that you you do encounter like at least one bird. Uh, string of Pokemon in the beginning of the game. Like, you get... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think if I like any of them more than Pidgey. I think I have, like, from a nostalgia point, Pidgey is always, like, my go-to. But, like, I really like the Staravia line from Generation 4. I really okay. like the um, kind of Nightcrow and stuff from the latest generation. I thought they looked cool. Um, but I'll, I'll, I would take... I would, yeah, I would... 
still take Pidgey and the Pidgeotto line, uh, the Pidgey line over over them anytime. I always have to have like one of the the flyer, the the flyer uh, crew on my team. Yeah, got to do it. So I'll take up this last one. Yeah. User Magma Fanatic from Reddit says, after being introduced to the video games, I thought it was just a TV show and a card game. Before that, through Gen three in middle school. A friend was willing to lend me some other games he had, and one of them was Pokemon Red. I was super grateful to him, and I remember someone else showed me the missing no glitch off Cinnabar. It was the first time feeling like I had a group of friends, and they were filling me in on their favorite thing. That is a wonderful story. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Pokemon Unites. Yeah, it does. Especially the old games where you couldn't trade over line, like online. You had to do be close to your friend and attach the game link cables and... It was all the rage on the on the playground to share stories and rumors and what Pokemon you recently caught. It was it a good time. Good memories. Cherished memories. But thank you to everyone who submitted your favorite moments and memories from the original generation of Pokemon. We enjoy reading them. And as always, down in the show notes, you can find links to the subreddits where you can share your own memories. Pokemon Red, Blue, Green, or Yellow. And I can't wait to read them. Now, as you've listened to Brendan and I and the others talk about and reminisce about our memories of these legendary games that started the franchise, you might be wondering where you can get a copy of one of them yourself. Well, we're here to help you with that as well. Luckily, still, as of time of recording anyway, the easiest and cheapest way to get one of these games is to go on boot up your nintendo 3ds and hop on the eShop where you can pick up red blue or yellow for 10 bucks a piece they also will have pokebank functionality which will let you send your pokemon you catch this way into the future games but that's probably the easiest way to legally purchase them right now if you want an actual cart you can find them still on like ebay and other sites but prices will fluctuate fairly wildly depending on completeness and if they come with the box and whatnot, but you're looking at probably around 40 to $50 for the cartridge itself. Just be careful. Make sure that the batteries are working in their authentic Nintendo copies and not repro carts or pick up a repro cart. If you don't necessarily mind whether or not it's an official Nintendo product and you just want to play on your old game boy. Now, let's say you've picked up your copy of red and blue or yellow, and you're about to set off on your Pokemon journey. We're here to help you with some tips or advice for you brand new trainers. So, Brendan, what tips or advice would you give to brand new Pokemon trainers? So, my first tip would be, if this is your first Pokemon game, um, and you've never played any other Pokemon games, and it's 2021, I guess. I don't know why it wouldn't be 2021. I guess it could be later, but it wouldn't be before. Um, I would definitely go into the game knowing that this is a, a very old game. Um, you know, and if you're... I say this because, uh, like, a recent example for me would be last year I played The Last of Us Part 1 for the first time, leading up to The mm-hmm. Last of Us Part 2. And that game's not super old, but, it, you know, it, it is an older game. It came out on, you know, the PS3 it has older game design in it. So, you know, going into that game, I I looked at it through the proper lens of, like, I need to go into this with the right expectations of when this game came out and what other games were like in that time and not necessarily mm-hmm. comparing it to a game that came out now because I think that can really uh, hurt. You definitely say that with Pokemon Red, Blue, or Yellow. If you were to start here, especially never having played a Pokemon game, um, you know, you definitely want to go into it with the right mindset of this is a very early handheld RPG from, you know, the late 90s. Um, you definitely want to put yourself into that kind of mindset of this is what games were like back then. Because I do think there is a lot to, to still enjoy out of playing Gen 1. Um, but I do think that if you went in with the wrong expectations, it might uh, ultimately hurt your experience. Um, and then mm-hmm. for the game itself... I would say, at least for me when I played, and I feel like this kind of carried through to most of the Pokemon games, at least the early ones, I always carried a utility Pokemon around that I didn't necessarily care about Mm -hmm. um, using for battles and stuff. But uh, I say that you need to learn uh, HMs, 
uh, or hidden machines that teach you like specific moves to help you uh, traverse the environment. So you need cut to, you know, move trees out of the way and you need strength to move boulders and surf to go certain places and fly and whatnot. So I usually try to have what I would just, you know, consider a utility Pokemon that would do those things for me so that my main party Pokemon wouldn't have to necessarily have these HMs taking up a move slot. Um, so I would, I would recommend maybe doing that to leave your, your fighters, uh, in better fighting shape. Perfect. And speaking of fighters and keeping them in fighting shape, psych, and I touched upon this earlier in the episode, but psychic type Pokemon are like God tier in gen one. They are incredibly strong. Um, pretty sure at this point it was only the abracadabra alakazam line and mewtwo i think but yes they are super strong just with how damage was calculated and how stats were done also dig dig is just a very very powerful move it i believe it has a hundred percent accuracy uh so it will always hit and it does a lot of damage plus you get a turn where you're just off screen and you can't be hit so i believe you pick up dig from the house uh, in Cerulean Gym or in Cerulean City after uh, you get let in by the police. It's the house, I want to say, uh, that had been broken into. But don't quote me on that. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah, I will say too with Psychic, like Starmie is water psychic. Oh, and okay. Starmie could always get a couple of, couple of good moves taught or learned uh, organically. Uh, but Psychic definitely definitely packs a punch in gen one perfect perfect i didn't realize there was uh split types in gen one still yet but good to know good to know i think we there's a few two. i don't know hmm? i was gonna say i think there's a few split types i'm not sure how many i don't i know it maybe starmie might not be like a pokedex as a water mm-hmm. psychic type but starmie can definitely learn some psychic moves okay cool Yes, we are on to one of my favorite parts of each episode this week, the monster or enemy of the week. But, uh, I mean, Pokemon are technically pocket monsters. So, Brennan, what's your favorite Gen 1 Pokemon? This is tough. Uh, my favorite Gen 1 Pokemon, I think, like, at the time during Pokemon, it would probably be Charizard or Starmie, like back then. I love Mewtwo now, like currently in the world of Pokemon, but I don't think I love Mewtwo the same back then, so I can't, I, as a, to stay true to my red self, I can't say Mewtwo, I'll say Starmie. Okay, Starmie it is, but yes, yeah, Starmie is water psychic, and they didn't have abilities back then, but now they will have either the Illuminate or Natural Cure ability with Analytic as their hidden ability. Um, let's see, on the Pokedex... Uh, their base stats are 60 HP, attack of 75, defense 85, special attack of 100, special defense of 100, and speed of 115. This is obviously updated because special attack and attack weren't split back in the original um, generation. But yes, it can do all sorts of things. Um, it can learn some ice moves, it looks like. And it's a giant star with a star behind it. And it's got a cool gem. It's good stuff. Very cute monster. One of one of uh, Misty's Misty's big big heavy uh, hitter mm-hmm. in the third gym. What about you? What did you you you've got to have a favorite Gen One? Uh, uh, Gen One Squirtle. Okay. Yeah. Even still to this day, Squirtle's my 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 main my my boy. I love me my Squirtle. He's gotten me through a lot of uh, generations. Um. But yeah, Squirtle. So sunglasses. I can't get over the sunglasses. Yeah. I w- I wish. Have they ever brought the sunglasses into a game? I don't think so, and it's a travesty. It is. It's an absolute travesty. (laughs) Oh, but yep, Squirtle's my boy. Always love Squirtle. But that is going to do it for another episode of RPG University. Thank you so much for joining me, Brennan. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a great time. This was like a great conversation, but also a wonderful walk down memory lane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... I think this is one of those games that this is probably a game like generation one Pokemon are some of my most nostalgic 
memories of like video games Mm -hmm. i just have so many memories tied to pokemon in general but playing these games for the first time exploring the world catching pokemon and just really falling in love with this this series and really i think it only deepened my love of video games as as a whole yeah i agree with that wholeheartedly but yes this has been such a fun time um long time coming i know we've been back and forth then you got the old covid and got so that glad you're feeling better with that but no this is this was an absolute blast and pleasure to to sit down and talk to you my friends but yeah i'm so happy we got to finally do this of course but where can people find you online what do you have cooking go ahead and plug your stuff away so you can find me on twitter uh, pretty much anywhere at b-e-g-r-o-o-m uh i talk a lot about games uh and cats and those two things mainly um and then if you want to keep up with any of the stuff that i have going on um we do a weekly show um called past the controller which you can find anywhere that podcasts are and you can find all of the stuff we do or the stuff that i write at www.pastthecontroller.io i know we have a few things coming up uh some games that we're reviewing uh, in vr and a few other things um coming up shortly with e3 and and whatnot so you can look forward to any stuff like that perfect perfect yes your guys stuff is fantastic pass the controllers a wonderful wonderful program and you we've played some games uh we did some monster hunter and, and whatnot and it's just always a pleasure to just hang out and chill with you dude so thank you so much yeah, for I'm coming happy. on we, we need to do this again and i definitely need to have you come come over on past the controller soon anytime you, you you got my deets just slide into my dms anytime but also thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as i'd really appreciate it and if you have an rpg you would like us to feature on an episode tweet at irrational pod with the hashtag rpgu with your suggestion or you can share your own favorite RPGs directly with me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, class dismissed.